We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Everybody. Welcome back to the Pack-A-Day podcast. We are just a day away from more Packer football as they head out to Detroit to take on the Lions from Ford Field. My name is Mike Wetland. Along, joining me today, Tyler Grezegork, bringing you all the news and analysis from Packer football as they get ready for this Week 5 matchup, trying to get to 2-0-1 against the NFC North this year. And Tyler, how are you doing today? I am fantastic. I mean, we got to watch the... Colts Patriots last night that wasn't very good football to watch uh that's pretty much what we've been accustomed to on Thursdays up until this year this year's been a lot better but last night was kind of hard to watch and stomach I'm ready to get some good football on Sunday fair enough I ended up watching baseball but I watched part of the NFL game so we'll we'll split the difference there but with the with looking toward Sunday the Packers Lions a big game a lot, a lot riding on this one, this early season game as far as divisional standings and tiebreakers and how things go forth. But neither team is even remotely close to full strength, so which is kind of disappointing. But so I figure we'll just jump kind of into the injury situation. We'll start with we'll start with Detroit. 
as the, as the opponent, and they're going to be missing some key players. Uh, definitely. I mean, it's getting to that time of year where injuries are really starting to creep up on teams, and this is when a team is really put to the test because this is when you have to start throwing your deeper players out there. And as we've seen in years past, you know, Philadelphia Eagles exhibit A, deeper rosters take you deeper into the playoffs and give you a better opportunity to win those big games. So, you know, what's the adjustment period is going to be key for both teams. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. And, and both teams have kind of injuries that are all centered around one position. For Green Bay, it's obviously the wide receivers, and until recently, the corners, but that seems to be on its way back up. But for the Lions, it's a lot of their front seven. Uh, it's been confirmed Zeke Ansah is not going to be playing. Jared Davis is going to be, uh, I think he's questionable. He's going to be kind of iffy on there, so that's two key starters for them. And so it's really going to be interesting to see how Detroit can cobble together a front seven to take on Green Bay's offensive line. I honestly feel like this game could be a shootout. Uh, You know, on both sides of the ball, there are significant injuries for Green Bay uh, and then mostly on the defensive side of the ball for Detroit. TJ Lang appears he'll be in. So that was really the only major injury that, you know, I was keeping an eye out for going into this weekend. But Honestly, this game could be all offense and all, all minimal defense just due to the injuries. As you know, and other guys who are injured, Eli Harold is on the on their injury report. Quandre Diggs from the corner, Deshaun Deshaun Hand on defense. So there's a lot going on in Detroit as far as injuries go, but which is just something you're there's something to keep in mind. But and but then turning toward Green Bay. The wide receiver injuries are something that are very concerning to me. Uh, Randall Cobb has already been ruled out for this week with that hamstring injury. And Geronimo Allison is still in the protocol. They're hoping he'll get cleared in time for Sunday, but it's still unknown. Devontae Adams is expected to practice today with or Saturday with a calf injury. But it sounds like it's more optimistic that he'll go. But if Geronimo can't get cleared with Cobb already out, that puts a lot of pressure on the three rookies to really step up and, and emerge and have to learn on the fly in a tough environment. Yeah, well, I mean, they get to do it at least on a turf. Uh, you know, that's one thing I guess this offense will have to their advantage, and that's another, another reason why I think we could see a lot of points on Sunday. But I have, you know, Aaron Rodgers has come out and said that Jamon Moore has been improving um, over the last few weeks since the preseason, he's been taking steps forward. And when number 12 comes out and you know singles you out like that, to me that speaks incredible volumes. He did it for Geronimo Allison, and now look where he is. So I'm looking at Jamon Moore as that guy to step up if Devontae Adams can't play, if Geronimo Allison ends up being ruled out. You know, if these guys can't play, one of those rookies, you know, we haven't seen anything from Equinemius St. Brown, and we just saw more last week. Uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling has the most playing time out of all these three, but, you know, one of them is going to really have to step up if none of them, none of the other three veterans can play. Absolutely, and I think this could be the perfect game for Jamon Moore to have that breakout, kind of like James Jones did all those years ago. They're similar players. Moore was getting open all the time during preseason and during camp. He just couldn't catch the ball. And Jones had the same problem for a long time before he finally emerged as the receiver we finally got to know and love. 
So I think if, especially like you said, on turf where this their speed is going to play up really well, if Green, if these rookies can all make some sort of impact and, and improve their games a little bit, both MVS and Moore will get playing time for sure, and we might see St. Brown some more on offense instead of just special teams. That could really help a lot, especially if they do have Devonta Adams up there to kind of guide them and kind of be that steady influence as well. Because I don't want to go in the game with MVS as your number one receiver. That's too risky, in a, especially in a division game. And so probably a lot of Devontae Adams, a lot of Jimmy Graham probably early on in this one. Yeah, and I think Jimmy Graham is going to definitely going to play. You know, he's been banged up. He's always been banged up. If you go if you go back and look at his career, he's he's always listed on the injury report. And it's just the style of football that he plays. But he'll play on Sunday, and they're going to need him. Devontae Adams, I think at a minimum, they need him to play for the reasons that you were stating. You don't want to go into this game with arguably Jimmy Graham being your number one target and Marquez Valdez-Scantling being your number one receiver. As, as much faith and as much hope as I have for him, I do not believe he is ready to take on that role right now. And you just can't put any more pressure on Rodgers to deliver when he's already struggled a little bit uh, in the first four weeks this year. And the offensive line should be okay. I'm not too worried about this Lions defensive front, as you were talking about. So the only way that this Lions front is going to get pressure is in coverage, and that can definitely happen if we're looking at the three rookies out there heading the wide receiver group. There's Yeah, you're absolutely right. There's no doubt about that. And then turning toward the other side of the ball for the Packers, we had to have a lot of secondary guys pop up on the injury report. I think a lot of them are just kind of little nicks, and they're kind of banged up. Nothing really to worry about. Kevin King looks to be back. He looked to be a full participant for most of the week, so that's a big boost to have him back if he can play on Sunday. And if they can have, if we could have a, a quintet of Kevin King, Jerry Alexander, Josh Jackson, Tremont Williams, and Brashad Breland all play this week, this could be the best group of corners the Packers have had in years, if not decades. And they're going to need it because the Lions have one of the best wide receiving cores in, in the entire NFL. And when you have a gunslinger like Matthew Stafford back there, you know they're going to throw the ball, even though they've got that incredibly talented running back in on Johnson. They refuse to give him the ball as a workhorse running back, even though he appears to be able to handle that load. But the point is they're going to throw the ball. And if there's ever a week to get your corners back and get them healthy and have a good number of corners and be deep at the position, this is the week and this is the team to do it against. Absolutely. And one thing I want to see is on defense, especially on third downs, you move Jair Alexander to like that, to that slot and have him cover Theo Riddick because you can't, can't count him out. He's basically a wide receiver with the way he plays. And we, so you could have King matched up with, with Galladay. You could have Jackson covering Marvin Jones, Tremont Williams, or Jair covering Golden Tate. And you have you, you just have a great matchup problem for each receiver in the Green Bay secondary as long as they can avoid grabbing and just play the game that they know that they have. Yeah, and the other guy you didn't mention, who's not a corner, but Oren Burks, I think he could definitely step into a critical role this week. Uh, McCarthy spoke to him and said that he's picking things up faster, he's playing faster. He appears to be fully healthy now after the shoulder injury in the preseason. So, you know, we're looking at this this defense. It could be one of the fastest they've ever brought into Ford Field. Yeah, I can't 
debate that at all. This is the speed on this defense is now lights out and miles ahead of anything we had the past seven, eight years under Dom Capers. Just when you bring in guys like Alexander and Burks and Whitehead's played faster than his time recently as well. And guys like that. And, and if the pass rush can use the turf and get upfield against a, a good, but not great to try to offensive line they're they're all solid. They're all veteran guys, but they've all been banged up as well. Ricky Wagner has been kind of nicked up. TJ Lang, we talked about with his concussion problems and Taylor Decker missed all of last season. There's things to, there's concern for Detroit's offensive line as well. And if the Packers pass rush can show up at all, like they did against Buffalo, that secondary could have a lot of fun. I definitely agree with you. And I think this is a perfect test for them. You know, we've been very impressed and pleased with the progress and the improvement of the secondary coming into the year. And I think this is the ultimate test, you know, the ultimate early test, I guess we say the entire 2018 season is the test. But, you know, when you come into this receiving core that the Lions have, Jair Alexander is going to be put to the test. I kind of want to see him put on Golden Tate. Golden Tate's a savvy veteran receiver who knows how to get open. You know, that's going to be a good test. And I think that's something that Mike Patton should look to do is put Jair Alexander on him and just kind of see what we have in Alexander there. And then looking forward, you got Josh Jackson, who is... He's not necessarily struggled, but he hasn't lived up to the preseason hype that he accumulated. You know, he's played pretty well, uh, better than I probably would have expected him to play, even all throughout the course of the year. He, he's definitely shunned my expectations, and he's performed above that level. And Tremont Williams is the one I'm not necessarily worried about, but I do want to key in on him because I feel like this is a game where he could get exposed simply due to his lack of speed and the abundance of speed that the Lions have in, in their receivers. Yeah, that, that could be a thing if, if Tremont has to cover a Golden Tate or Marvin Jones, but if you match him up on in the slot on a, on a, a move tight end or even like a theoretic, I think it could work out better for him. I think I, I, I want to know what they're going to do with Kevin King because my preference would be to have him on either Jones or Galladay. Probably Galladay just because of the size matchup. But if he can move around and cover effectively on that perimeter, that opens things up to you can move around Jackson, Alexander, and Williams, because all three of them can play the slot, all three can play the perimeter. And you could even move Tremont to deep safety if you need to on some of those long third downs. So it's just, it's all going to depend on health and how these guys show, uh, warm, how they show during warmups, because that could change Mike Penn's plan if Kevin King's not showing great footwork on the sidelines. Well, and the other thing is, too, I'm glad you said the Tremont Williams to safety uh, movement because I feel like this is a game where we could definitely see that. I feel like in this type of scenario, your best matchups is going to be with those other three on the line against those receivers with maybe Oren Burke supplementing underneath. And then you have Tremont Williams and his expertise and veteran savvy and the back end. And if we can get another aggressive showing from HaHa Clinton Dix in the passing attack, I still want to see him be more aggressive in the run game and in tackling in general. But if we can get another aggressive showing from him in the passing attack, this this Packers secondary and defense is going to be just fine. So I'm looking to see what Mike Pettin does. He's kind of changed things up every week so far, and I love that. I want to see what he what he decides to come out and do against Detroit. Absolutely. So with that being said, I'd like to focus on just a couple matchups with the game just around the corner. Tyler, I'll go to you. What's going to be your biggest key matchup in this game for the Packers to leave with a win? 
my biggest key matchup. It's going to be, honestly, it's going to be the running backs versus the linebackers. And I'm, I think this is a game where in, we should see from Green Bay an increased amount of carries, not only because of the lack of depth due to injury at receiver, but also because I believe this Packers offensive line is going to be maybe not dominant, but they're definitely they're definitely going to win that battle against the, the the Detroit defensive line. A lot of D's, dang. Um, and then uh, you know. Aaron Jones really started to show out as of late. I mean, nothing new to us, but I'm hoping that last game was finally the kick that McCarthy needed to get him more carries. And I think that running the football, whether to stay in the game or to maintain the lead, I think it's going to be critical in this game. Okay, and then, and just, I agree. And one thing as a side on the Aaron Jones thing, because I know that debate's been raging all over. He did lead the running backs in snaps last week. He he did he did, was on the field more than the other two, which is people seem to kind of overlook when it comes to he needs. To I get, think it's the situational usage. I think that's what really sticks out. I think so too. I think I I, I I'm still a fan of how they're using. Them. I think I think this is best way to have them all ready for December because you don't want to overuse a couple young guys who have had injury problems and Ty Montgomery, who you know has never stayed healthy. He's the Nick Perry of the offense. But I I think. I think Jones will get more carries this week, especially on turf, because it, it'll be it's it's better on his knees. It's it's safer. It's going to be a lot less stress as long as he can continue to do what he does well. But I think all three are still going to get plenty of playing time, and it, I, I agree with. You. I think it's going to be a, such a great matchup to keep an eye, on, especially if Jared Davis doesn't play, because he's a primo run stopping linebacker. He's not great in space, but he's going to come up and hit you. And with Detroit's front seven struggling, I don't see them I don't see Green Bay having a massive issue with moving the football it's going to be finishing drives especially if receivers are out uh, but my, my key matchup is going to be the defensive line for Green Bay against the interior of Detroit's line and we, we've seen Kenny Clark emerge as an all-pro talent already in year number four I think he is now and he just turned 23 years old and if he can continue to become the alpha of the defensive line, if Mike Daniels can build off what he did last week, same with Dean Lowry, and if they can get Montrevious Adams going just a little bit, and this could be the game to do it, to let him use that pass rush ability that he has, they can uh, move the pocket in for Matt Stafford, make him step up into a sack like we saw with Josh Allen a lot last week, to the point where he can get baited into some rough throws, some gunslinging-type uh, throws that cause some cause turnovers like we saw in week one when he was throwing it to every jet that was wearing a jersey. And if, if, if this three-man front can really control that line and bottle up on Johnson and the Garrett Blunt and Riddick in the running game, that can make Detroit very predictable on offense. And much like Packers fans have been calling with uh, McCarthy in recent weeks, Detroit fans are doing the same thing with Jim Bob Cooter. They are not a fan of his play calling. They are not a fan of what he, what he has decided to do with his offense to the point where they're calling for his head as well. And so if he becomes predictable again, Green Bay's defense could be due for another breakout performance. Yeah, and I think just adding to the shutout performance against Buffalo, which, you know, let's be honest, the Buffalo offense is not very good. Josh Allen has still got a long ways to go before being a relevant NFL quarterback. But you can't take that shutout away from this defense. And I hope that it only fuels them moving forward and kind of just adds to that fire and 
you know, Jair Alexander, I said this when they drafted him, he is providing a spark to this defense, something that this team so drastically needed last year. Mike Daniels tried to be that guy. I know that you and I have talked about this, but it's actually coming to fruition now, and it's a lot of fun to watch. I'm not scared for the Packers to go on defense, and I actually kind of enjoy watching defense now. You know, I, in past years, I just I just wanted the offense to get the ball back, and that's all I ever cared about. But now I'm, ex- I'm actually excited to watch the defense, and I'm not scared that they're going to – you know, mess it up. No, I agree. And Mike Pet, and you, you can't overstate the just the emotional impact that Mike Pettin has had, just on the swagger that this team has. And you look at someone like Jair Alexander, who we all thought uh, was going to get flagged for being talking too much, essentially, and pushing Josh Allen, would in turn end up being a Blake Martinez penalty. But this team has that attitude that you haven't you haven't seen since really 2010. This team is willing to get in your face, and they're going to make you pay if you make a mistake, whereas older defenses were slow to adjust. They didn't react very well to a play in front of them, and it's just it was just kind of, okay, we're going to let you nickel and dime us down the field until you break a big one. Now they're taking the fight to opponents, and it's something that's so refreshing to see. And yes, Buffalo is a terrible offense, but just seeing that Green Bay, Green Bay was willing to finish – on defense showed a lot big thing as far as just the, the, the mentality change from last year to this year. I just, I, I bring this point back around to ha ha Clinton Dix. I need to see more of that interception that he had against Calvin Benjamin. I, you know, you never want to see a guy get hurt, but that play was exactly what this defense needs from ha ha Clinton Dix. And I'm hoping that Mike Patton has unlocked that aggressiveness in him again that we saw from him early in his career and back at Alabama. We This defense desperately needs that on the back end. And if he can step up his play and continue to be super aggressive, just watch out. Uh, this defense is going to be very, very good. I said at the beginning of the year, I think they could be top 10. I still think that, just in general, a top 10 defense, they're on their way. Just keep building. I expect Mike Pettin to keep changing things up, keep keep offenses on edge. I'm, I'm excited for the rest of the 2018 season. Absolutely. And luck, And so far right now, Green Bay right now is a top 10 defense there. I think they rank number six right now is in most of the metrics after the shutout, which went a long way. And if you take away the overtime period against the Vikings after the rule the NFL has admitted was wrong, as we saw, especially in the Patriots-Colts game, it's the Green Bay could be a top three defense. So it's, that's something always fun to see, but very quickly, just, we talked about off talking about defense, very quick look at special teams for the Packers. They've been great. JK Scott's been everything you'd hope for and more. Crosby is as reliable as ever. And the coverage units, except exception of one bigger turn by Tariq Cohen have been stellar. So it looks like Green Bay is starting to put together. If their offense can finally execute the way they can, they're going to be successful in all three phases awfully quickly and and be on their way back up for 2018. Yeah, I just don't want this team to, uh, you know, put it all together too quickly and then get hot and then get cold at the end of the season. Uh, I've seen that too many times with too many teams, but I totally agree. Put everything together, you know, go out there every week and compete. They've got this game against the Lions. Um, I'm blanking on who they play next week. but San Francisco. After- San Francisco, yes, you're right, on Monday night. And then after that, they go to Los Angeles, you know, so I'm looking at that game and that's going to be the true test of this team. 
if they can go into that game, I know I'm going to get ahead of myself here, but if they can, if they can go into that game four and one and one, I think we'll be all right. No, I agree. And luckily the one thing that has helped over, over the entire Mike McCarthy tenure is his teams are always ready to go in December. It's, it's, it's the, a lot, the, for all the talk about getting off to a fast start, the pat these Packers teams are with the exception of last year with, with obviously extenuating circumstances with Aaron Rodgers. Even with that, uh, they were competitive. Yeah. They, yeah, they took Pittsburgh to the limit, but they are always ready to go during that last quarter of the season. When, as a writer of a catcher points it, his December friend shows up. When you know that you separate the contenders from the pretenders, and Green Bay is always at their best at that end portion of the year. And I think this year is no different. They're just they're still a lot to work on. There's still a lot of season left, and that stretch coming up after the bye is going to be an absolute nightmare for us to podcast about and write about and all that fun stuff. But it's definitely promising for Green Bay with the way they played last week and stuff they've shown in in stretches over the first three weeks before then. But Packers and Lions is going to be a good early good early challenge for this team on the road, and I I can't wait now for Sunday afternoon. I'm I'm incredibly excited as I always am. You know I'm going to try and manage uh, the Brewer game and the Packer game at the same time. Uh, but yeah, I'll do my best. It's going to be tough. <laughs> but, oh yeah, uh, yeah. I'm going to have one game on the TV and the Brewer game on my computer. <laughs> Right next hopefully, to me. hopefully it's a clinching game, and I don't have to pay as much attention to the Brewer game. But let's, you know, I guess <laughs> cross that road on Sunday. But uh, it's gonna be definitely gonna be a good Sunday morning for sure. Absolutely, it's it's gonna be a lot of fun. And so we'll wrap that up for for this Saturday for the Packaday Podcast. Again, my name is Mike Wellen. Joining me, Tyler Grezegorik. Tyler, where can we everyone find you? As always, you can find me on Twitter at Tyler underscore Grez, T-Y-L-E-R underscore G-R-E-Z. And you can find me as well at Mike Wetlands. Uh, so it's Mike, W-E-N-D-L-A-N-D-T. You'll find a lot of Packers stuff, Brewer stuff, as well as me just being being me, being my personality in general. What you hear in this podcast is what you get with me for the most part anyway. And also follow Packaday Podcast at Packaday Podcast. We... You can check out all the other great contributors as well as their writing as well. Through, uh, we'll retweet it through the pod, the Packaday Podcast Twitter handle. Find us wherever good podcasts are found. iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Spotify as well. And stay tuned for tomorrow with, with the game preview from the Packaday Podcast. And as always, Go Pack Go! At the midfield marker in third down. Snap to Rodgers, rushes on, steps up, scrambles left, lots of left side, Montgomery wide open, sideline, 15 to the 10, inside the Buffalo 10. They're going to mark it just outside the six-yard line, 42-yard pass play. Packers third down, goal to go to three. Rodgers looks it over. Out of the shotgun. Takes a handoff to Montgomery, dumps it over to Jimmy Graham, left side of the pylon, touchdown! Jimmy Graham enjoys a Lambo leap. Rogers under center, Jones along back. Handoff Jones, oh, left side, 35, outside the number four, left side, 45, 50, into the 45, taken out of bounds, near the Buffalo 40 yard line. A 29-yard field flipping play. Second down for the Packers, 13 yards to go. Receivers left and right out of the shotgun. Rodgers with Jones to his right. 
takes the snap, looking left, looks the middle, pops it over the flat, right side, Jones gets a block, hangs to the 20, down the numbers, to the 15, near the 13-yard line, first down, and the Packers are in the rail red zone, 17-yard swing pass. Current drive, eight plays, 80 yards, out of the shotgun, Rodgers looks it over, slot left, single receiver right. First and goal, give Jones around the left end, makes the turn, bulldozes his way, end zone, touchdown, Aaron Jones, a Lambo lead to the south end zone, stands, it's 12-0 Packers. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.